Hi, it's Paul. Hi, it's Damo. And it's time for the PD Sports Podcast. With Damo and Paul. Hello everyone and welcome to episode 16 of the PD Sports Podcast. I am Paul. With me today is Damo. Damo, how you Not going? Not bad, mate. How about yourself, buddy? How's your start to the holidays, bud? Yeah, it's been nice at the moment. Pretty relaxing. Bit of golf, bit of just FM and general gaming. We've got one special, special guest with us once again. Dom, welcome yourself to the podcast. G'day. Happy to be back after a couple of weeks of absence. Yeah, a little bit of uh, MIA with Dom, but he's back, ready to go. How's the teeth, Dom? Some... How's the teeth? That's all I want. We're good to go. See, Italy do well, we'll come back. Of... If we were eliminated, I would have been here. <laughs> it's true. There we go. All right, Dame, how have you been as well? Yeah, not too bad. Pretty good, pretty cruisy. FM's doing my head in, but that's good, and yeah. Join the club. Yeah. All righty, so as you since our last podcast uh, has happened in the Euro. Some of it Damien and I anticipated, some of it we uh, didn't anticipate, um, but we're here today to cover everything that has gone on in between those times. So where, where do we start? Do we start just with the quarterfinals in order? Chronolo- chronological? Spain-Swiss? Yeah, we can go, we can yeah, go chronological. Go yeah, yeah, yeah. Go. All right, so Switzerland, for me, um, although not winning, felt that they actually were, you know, put a really good account for themselves um, in this tournament. I think they have. Uh, to, to take France and Spain to, to penalties um, is absolutely massive, um, and especially for the France game, doing it so late. Oh, yeah. 3-1 down we did it. in the 85th minute, we I think. Yeah, and then they made a couple of changes. I actually said to myself, I was watching that, getting ready for work. And they took Shakiri off, and I was just getting out the shower, and I'm like, oh, they're done now. They just took off their most creative player. Um, and next minute, bang, two goals. And it, it just sums up this Euros. It's been so unpredictable. We've had Turkey be so poor. We've had the Swiss go killed teams. We've had Denmark be fourth on the final day of the group, and now they're in the semi final. Um, it just summed it all up. And you know what? Summed up France's tournament, too. They did not look good the whole time. And then they gave away a 3 1 lead, and there you are. Yeah, it's not surprising, um, especially the way France played. Yeah, throughout the whole tournament, Stephen like Mbappe was sort of like just half swinging at chances and just didn't look convincing. And then his penalty—I've said it to you, Dame—but the second he stepped up to it, I just had that feeling in my gut. Oh, he was, was never just, scoring, was he? There's it? no way this is going in. Yeah, he was never scoring. He just didn't look confident at all. Just hasn't played with confidence the whole tournament, and that kind of, that pe- that penalty almost summed up France for I, me. So yeah, go keep going. Yeah. It's- I was just going to say, well, on the Swiss, just to like keep fighting, even at three one down. Like when Pogba scores that goal, like that must be demoralising. Oh yeah, what a goal it is too. To be fair, yeah, it hasn't been talked about enough because obviously they got done right. But what happened? That is yeah. for them to come back from that. Like watching that fly in and know you just that should be the nail in the coffin. You're gone. Yeah, and then just to just have the mental resolve to come back and go, and they show that they had that mental resolve resolve against Spain as well. Um, while we're talking about Mbappe, I did have a question for you, Paul, on Mbappe, and I may as well ask it now. Is that the worst individual international tournament by a player you have ever seen? Um, by a player of that stature? Oh, player of that stature, yeah, probably. It's pretty harsh. He did win a World Cup. Yeah, but remember, he won a World Cup. Oh, no, I'm just saying, this is Euros. This is Euros. Yeah, sum up, it's all the entire games, and this is Euros. Not knocking him, hey, Liverpool, go sign him. I would love him, welcome him, open arms. I, I, I rate yeah, him. Of that stature. Yeah, I, I get your question, yeah. Look, I'm, I'm going to say yes, because the hype of him coming into this tournament mm. was he's going to set this tournament on fire, and that just didn't happen. That didn't happen for probably a variety of reasons. Like, the whole team didn't play well, so that definitely doesn't suit nah. him, you know, at the same time. But I, I would say yes that, you know... He definitely underperformed, and him underperforming maybe showed that the front. I felt he dragged that France team to the World Cup. Like I, I mean, Griezmann was okay. Giroud did his job. Kante was good. You know, the defense in that French World Cup wasn't amazing. They still conceded goals. I think maybe that was masked in 2018 because Mbappe was just raw and you know had so much pace on the counter, and maybe we saw. You know, if you sit off against France a little bit more and let them try to break it down, they didn't really ever do it. No. 
No, they not really didn't really get going at all. I do have a theory as to why France was so poor. Um, I think every week in my fantasy, I had at least three France guys. I had Mbappe captain against the Swiss. Uh, so I like to apologise all the French viewers that Damien backed you in. Yeah, that's why they lost. Damien backed you in. They lost. Yeah, that's why. That's exactly why they lost. I just had to throw <laughs> that out there. I've had the worst Euro. That is the worst set of fantasy I've ever done in my life. And I'm usually okay at fantasy football. But yeah. Yeah, I started a week in and I reckon I beat Yeah, you. I've never been this poor in fantasy <laughs> in my life. And I've literally got anything in my fantasy right. You got everything wrong. Yeah, every every, <laughs> every just... time that I would captain Lukaku, Yalomenko would score or get an assist or whatever, and Lukaku would score. And then the week where I'll go captain Yalomenko, he would play well but not get anything, and then Lukaku would score. And I'd be like, yeah, come on, you know. Just unlucky. Yeah, I just, I think it, I think, yeah, it's just it's just how it's going. Uh, you know, can't wait for the Euros to be over in the fantasy front. If you are listening and you're on the <laughs> Discord, yes, you're ahead of me because I think I'm basically bottom. Yeah, so wrapping up the Spain-Swiss, we'll probably we'll talk more about Spain um, when we cover the semi-finals because I think that's a bit more um, yeah definitely have to do it there. Uh, topical, but plenty to talk about there. Italy-Belgium, we could talk about this for a while. Um, Insigne's goal number oh one. Oh my! Class. No, but what, why are they standing off in my Um, I'm not too sure. I, I, the Belgian team just looked dead. They didn't look. It interested was right at on half time, was it not? Like literally. Yeah, and they scored the penalty like an extra time. Minute. Yeah, yeah forty third. Yeah. Yeah, so it, they might have just swung off, but you've seen Insigne be able to drive like that before. I'm just, just so shocked he had that much time to wait. Yeah, shoot, I don't know why they stood off and that. Oh, yeah, like, he literally telegraphed at the court while I've had that much time it's going in that corner, you won't do nothing about it. And when you give a guy who is not world, world class, but is class, um, that much time on the ball, he's going to bury doesn't matter who you are. Yeah. Look at Pogba. He didn't get even half an ounce of that much time and he still put it there. So imagine what you're going to do when you give Insigne that much time on the ball. I, I could not believe mm. it. I didn't Agreed. think Belgium... It almost summed up Belgium. I didn't think Belgium defensively were the greatest, but I really no, think well, look at their, their luck a lot in that look game. their back three with Orderold, Vermaal and Vertonghen. Yeah, it's been their back three. At, the world, I think they've been, that's been their back three about 10 years, it was like. You know what I mean? Exactly. I said number one, and then the number one team in the world with that back three kind of uh, shows you going forward how good they are. Nah, the rankings don't mean crap to me going nah. into tournaments because they all play different friendlies and different qualifier games, and you got to take those with a pinch of salt. Uh, I you agree. Can't, you can't back them for. I agree with that, but you won't be number one in the world if you're not good. Yeah, they're good. Obviously, they were good, and they looked good. Yeah, I mean, I get that. They looked good in. We've spoken about this for ages. They're not a tournament team. Have never been a tournament team. They crumble. Yeah, I, I get you. I'm 100% with you, and that's why I backed Italy in. Um, obviously, being Italian as well, but I backed Italy in on a on a sports bet front, and that was good. But uh, I also backed, um, you know, and I back Italy probably in against Spain when we talk about that game a little bit later as well. But I think summing up this game and talking about this game, I actually think Italy rode their luck a lot. I thought that was the worst Italy's defended this whole tournament. Yeah, we were very um, poor. We got broken down very easily. And got, it just yeah. showed, showed two things, right? It showed the quality that is Belgium, right, when they do go forward. And it showed that if the Italian side becomes a little bit lethargic, they're getting to that stage that's a little bit older, you can break them down. Um, a very fresh Italian side, Benucci and Chiellini, are probably the two best partnership in international football. Oh, know? definitely. Um, but, yeah, look, like, the blo- who blocked Lukaku's shot on the goal line? That was... That was after Spinozola. It was before Spinozola got injured or after? It was Spinozola. He, he, he knew nothing about that. The shit shot. He knew though. nothing about that. He literally ran past the ball and next minute it's just hit him. It's not like he's anticipating it. It's a shocking it. shot though. He mishit it. I think Lukaku wasn't half expecting to get it all the way there as well. It's come through like two guys at least. Yeah. Uh, it it, it, yeah. Su- it summed up the Belgium squad and the Italy squad right there. Italy have played amazingly well, deserved a little bit of luck and got it. And Belgium, in a major tournament, haven't had a slice of luck at all. And there was just another piece of, another moment you can say that cost them in a major tournament. And it wasn't just that moment, you know, they had other chances to score. Like, Donnarumma made a fantastic save, it was it nil nil Where against... Um, the yeah, yeah, he Early did nil nil yeah, yeah. yeah, he flung himself to his right with a big right strong hand. That's a, a world-class save. He's been very um, good this tournament. Look, you would have to say, look, it pains me to say it. You'd have to say Pickford's goalkeeper of the tournament at the moment. But I don't no, think yeah, Pickford's really had to do much apart from obviously in the 
quarterfinal, even though they won 4 0, there was a bit of work he had to do. I think Donnarumma's had bits to do, and in those bits, he's been unreal. So, yeah. look, the Italian squad is deserving to go through in that game. I just love how well the video is working. Oh, Barella. What a Barella. goal, by the way. What a goal. Yeah, it was a great oh, goal. Oh, what feet. We won't talk about it overlay. Oh, he is. Yeah. I just talk. That's kind of summed him up too, to be honest. He's lying on the ground. Yeah. That's, well, mate, I, well from... I don't care what he does. I don't care what he does. Put the ball in the back of the net. He can lay on the ground for 20 well, minutes. When you look at look how much talent we've had as, in it as a number nine, choices we've had, like Yaquinta Del Piero, Totti, Inzaghi, and now like... We've got a model he can't do. Tomatio is very good. I'll admit, very good. Yeah, I don't know why he didn't take Moise Keane. I don't know why. Good Euros. Don't know why he didn't take Moise Keane. I don't get that either. But at the end of the day, the, it doesn't look like he needs him. Mm. Look. Well, it's more a system that's working. He's, a lot of goals are coming from the midfield, which because that's where your goals are going to come. Who cares where they come from? Cool. Yeah, if you've got someone that's going to just hold and your wide man. Bring other people into the game. And Mobile does that quite... too. He plays his part. That's where I'm surprised, um, old mate um, from Torino. Bellotti. Uh, uh, nah, he's been on the bench. terrible. He's been terrible. Yeah. He had he had a couple of good years. Oh. For um, getting old now. He's linked to Man United. Getting older. Oh, yeah. Man. He was. I doubt it. Anyway. Right. We'll move it on. Um, England, pretty cruisy 4 0. It's marvelous, huh? For me, just looked like they just. Ukraine, they, looked like looked, they were tired. Yeah. They'd run, a run race, their luck. They'd run a marathon already. And look, and the Ukraine looked and very good up into this game. Up. And to be fair, the only reason I said that's the only time Pickford had to do stuff is at 0 0 and at 1 0, Ukraine had moments. And Pickford made a few big saves. And 1 on 1 save, I think it was against Yalomenko that was particularly good. Um, and look, on a different day. The Ukraine scored one of those chances at nil nil one nil. It's a different game, but they looked one went in. They, they were very open. Ukraine, yeah. I thought they were very open, which, which is very different to how they were in qualifying. I will admit, in the whole Euros, it shocked me about how open they were, but they looked so good on the ball. Um, I predict them as my dark horse mainly because I didn't think they would concede goals. Uh, it was the other way around. It was the fact they could score. So at the end, of you the know day, what? They can hold their heads high. Class. I think. Yeah, exactly. I don't. As a dark horse, you're predicting for them to win the tournament. If anyone had Denmark as a dark horse, you'd clearly win. But um, I think having the Ukraine as a dark horse was not the worst shout this tournament. And look, it wasn't just me that had that. There's people in the Discord, um, like JS, that had that too. So pat yourself on the back, JS. And yeah, look, can't complain really with their tournament at all. Yeah. And then it leaves us with the most open game that we spoke about. in the We last got this one right, didn't we, Paul? Yeah, I think... We got them all right. We got all four right. We predicted these semi-finals. Yeah, we did, but I don't think we got the scores right in all of them. No. We got the score right. We didn't pick Spain. Who did we have Spain versus Croatia? Yeah, we picked Croatia. We didn't have yeah, Spain. Yeah, because um, yeah, it's been a little bit since we were um, We, I know we definitely predicted the score for this game correctly. Yeah, yeah well, We talked about it and said this one's got, a, this one's got 2 1, 3 1 ribbon all over it. And in the end, yeah. different day, that could have had 4 all. It was, yeah, it, was, it was a great game to watch. And we two, said this would be... Two really good teams to watch this tournament. Yeah, exactly. And I feel that's for the Czechs. said it was just a fun game. I feel for the Czechs. Yeah. They've the Denmark, another team that's going to go at them. Like, if the Czechs played a side that would, you know, a bigger side that would try and control possession against them and they could break with them, they probably would have done some damage. I'm not saying they could win, but, you know, if the Czechs played England, and I know England haven't conceded, I think England would have been... A little bit like, okay, and or if the Czechs played, even Italy, I'd be going, hang on. And it's the same with me getting to the semi-final and hopefully the final Italy make it. If Denmark got through, I'd be a little bit more worried than playing England in a one-off. But, yeah, it, it was a great game of football to watch, though. Yeah, I think it set up the semi-finals really well, too, because I really am keen to see what happens with this Denmark-England game. I know that's not the first one that's... That's coming up, but I think it's probably a better one to start with. Um, I have kind of contradicted myself a little bit um, because... Do you have to speak about England? In, in my prediction that we did at the start of the round of 16, yep. I did put Denmark as beating England, but in my fantasy team, I've backed Same here. England with my wife. I have too. Because I just think they've got more players that are 
potentially going to do something um, in the game. But, I mean, I, at the start of the round of 16, I predicted Italy-Denmark final, and that's where I'm still sitting, um, more so because I want to see England lose. But I think England will probably have to set up 4-2-3-1 because that's what they've done in the games where they've felt like they're the better yeah, team. Yeah. Agreed. And I think that will play into Denmark's into hands. Denmark's 100%. Hands I agree with that 100%. It's going to be a good game. Which is why, yeah, which is why I'm leaning towards Denmark because I think England will only get those few chances that they've only had in every game and they've just got to pray that they take them where I think the Danish defence is better than the Czech defence, you know. Yeah. Um, like I said, I, I think I called it in. You said they set up very well. They have a very good call. The Danes. Yeah, and they're playing yeah, for they're, pl- they're playing for Ericsson. Their yeah, system. Yeah, that's a big. Thing. I can't find really many holes in their system. They just look good. They look well drilled, and they know how to find goals. And if it's not one person, they've had eight eight different goal. scorers. Yeah, it, it's them, and it's um, Spain. Yeah, I think so. That have had eight different scorers in this tournament, and they're in the semi final. It just shows you you can't rely on one or two people no. to do it. Probably why France is in the end out of this tournament. They have relied on just a couple of people. But, look, the one thing I will say about this game is I'm going to hold my hand up. I have slagged Southgate off a lot. And I'm going to say, I'm still not saying that I rate him as a manager, but he has stuck to his guns. He's stuck to his way of playing football. They are yet to concede. And there is a lot of people saying it could be coming home. And I'm... Not generally a believer that it's coming home, but I can definitely see a world where England do win this tournament and not concede a goal. And that, to me, shows that as much as I don't like to admit it, Southgate has gone from that, I don't rate him as a manager, to, well, that's a tactical masterclass. Hats off to you, you're world class. Uh, it pains me to say it, because I've always been on the, uh, on the back of Southgate. I don't like the people he picks. I don't like the system that he plays with the English squad. And I don't particularly like, um, you know, the football that he plays at times. But... How can he? How how can he knock him? You know he's had a whole media telling him he has to play a different way. He has to start these people, and he's yeah. Like, no, I'm yeah, he's sticks his gun. And as a coach, me who coaches and as an upcoming coach, you get told that you have a philosophy, stick to it. He stuck to his philosophy, and guess what? Good luck to him. Um, I think it's yeah. good for him as well. And back to back semi final. First manager to do that, I reckon. Yeah, it, for, for England, that he's the first English yeah. manager to get back to back semis in majors. See. As much as I don't like the guy, how do you knock that? So maybe we need to stop getting off the South Southgate back. I think it's just as an England manager, you're going to have critics, no matter who yeah, you are. You are. And yeah. like, and I think there's things that he could do better. There's, a, I think there's more ways you can unlock the potential of that squad, especially going forward. But if you can go to a major tournament, and say I might concede maybe one goal this whole tournament, you're probably going to win most tournaments. And if he and if he thinks he can not concede at all this tournament, playing this system, why would you change? He changed with Germany. Well, he's shown that he's able to yeah. change, though. Yeah, he went 3-4-3 three, three, yeah. um, against Germany because he obviously identified the matchups. And I reckon maybe the last group game, because I think Saka played two games. Yeah, nah, he, he only went 3-4-3. Three, three. The last group game, he yeah. once. I think he yeah. switched into a 3-4. I think he switched 3-4-3, three, three, didn't he, in the last Good. group game? I could have sworn that he started two games, Saka. Yeah, I reckon he once started one as a winger. Yeah, I thought he started in a traditional On, on the other side of the He's wing played back. on the yeah. right wing both, and he... Both times he's played right wing cutting in regardless. I don't think he was start. Was I don't think he was start this week. No, no, no. He'll play four two. He'll play four two three one. Um, and probably Sancho and Sterling. Yeah, hundred percent. I agree. Yeah. If he's not going that, then that's a bit odd. But with yeah. Mount as the ten. Yeah. Yeah, probably. Um, I would imagine and so. Then Harry up front. Yeah. Oh. And then Phillips and Henderson. Yeah. Rice and Henderson. I think he's. If, he started uh, him I think he'll start. Rice, as I said, didn't look great. I think, I think he start. might Hendo. bring Henderson off the bench again. Mm, I think he'll start him. Yeah. Only, only because they haven't, I think con- in a they haven't conceded yet. So Hendo starting. I don't know why he would change the defensive core of the team. No, yeah, but he doesn't. His, his yeah, changes. He's changed his team throughout it, so he had no yeah. reason to change it, but he still did. So I think he will. Yeah, Sancho. I agree. Mount, out, in, out. Yeah. Look. Yeah, I agree. I think this is a game where Henderson's had a couple of runs off the bench. Time for him to start. Finally now. got his golf England yeah, too, the big time. boy. Great goal, though. Oh, yeah. Yeah, nice header. Great header. We'd be happy with that. And anyway, Finally, first goal. Play for England. 
That's a bit weird too yeah. for Henderson. Like he does naturally like to find a goal every once in a while. So I'm surprised taking this long. Yeah, he normally sits on the edge of the box yeah. though. But hey, no, a great good, good lad. Good, great header, good lad. Good on him. Um, All right. What are we thinking? Um, it pains me to say it, but I think England will concede their first goal in the tournament, but will win 2-1. Um. England in extra time. We've had a lot of extra time on Pens, be... by the way, in this tournament. What's that? A lot of extra time on Pens this tournament. Yeah, well. I love it. You love it, Damien. That's great. why you're loving this tournament. Uh, for me, I'm going to go Denmark 1-0. I would love that. Oh look, I'm I'm all I'm all for Denmark getting through, and I'd love to see it. Um, I would love to know Dom Sports in this because it will transition nicely into obviously the next semi final. As an Italian Dom, me too. Who would you rather play? England to beat them. Yeah, I think England not to beat them. I actually think England because I won't come at us as aggressively as Denmark will. And after a long Euro tournament, I don't want to see Chiellini Benucci having to turn and chase all these Danish players running around. I'd rather know that England are going to line up in their four-two-three-one, or however Southgate wants to line up on the day if it's three-four-three. But knowing that they're going to be a bit more defensively minded, and it just takes the pressure of us being constantly bombarded by a side that wants to come out and rip our throats apart. So, yeah, yeah. I think there's more pressure on England in that final. You know, Denmark are just playing free because no one's expecting them to get there. So, with England, they you know at home ground as well because the final's at Wembley. Um, the pressure would be immense. Look, if if um, if England do end up winning this at Wembley, um, expect the whole squad to get OBEs and Southgate to be Sir Southgate. So oh, he will. We get and Harry Kane. We get a yeah, yeah. And a knighthood. Harry Kane will get a knighthood, even though he's not really done much apart from the last running. game in a bit. Yeah. So I think we'll cross that bridge. Hopefully next week when we get. Let's there. hope we never have to cross that but, bridge because let's just hope they don't get through. For the other semi-final, how are you guys feeling going into that? Um, very confident, not going to lie. Uh, a bit nervous. Um, it's tomorrow morning as we record this. Yep, Early. I'm very confident. I've got reasons for why. Nervous but excited. Yeah. The Spain team intrig- intrigues right. me. Oh, look, I actually yeah. really rate what Spain's done this whole tournament with their squad. I really do. Apart from Morata probably... Getting too many chances up top, and I think we should have moved Gerard Moreno in and Fer and Torres out wide. Um, the squad itself excites me because they've they cut away from that old mould. We talked about this quite a bit, Paul. Uh, but they've cut away from that old mould. They're bleeding in some younger players. Pedri, what a player. Oh, 18. Um, and he's going to go to the Olympics, too. Yeah, mental, he's yeah. mental, man. He Actually, he's been in that squad for the next 15 years. <laughs> Australia has to play him because we've got Spain in our group. Yeah, we've got Spain and Argentina and Egypt, or? Yeah. Yeah. So we get to watch him at the Olympics too. Yeah, which is great. Um, but look, it's not the squad or how Spain are going to line up that is like my confidence level, right? Because on the Spain squad and how well they've played, we shouldn't be as well. I shouldn't be as confident as I am. The reason why I'm confident, how have they got here? 120 minutes against. Yeah, I was saying that um, today. Chance and then 120 minutes in a penalty shootout against the Swiss. And to be fair, they missed the first penalty there against the Swiss. And Sommer, who's arguably been keeping the tournament, you think from that position there is going to get the Swiss through. But that didn't happen. For me, that's a massive factor. It's not like that they're getting one week breaks or between games. It's four days. You know, it's it's then they played obviously the next game, and then how long have they had off now? Five days. Uh, yeah, it's been a while. Their, their legs would be gone. Like, if Italy can find a goal early, I would imagine the Spain... Yeah, that would be convincing. Of what, a lot of what Italy did in 2012, made the final, but went on a big run of games, and then got to the final, absolutely gas in Spain, ripped us apart for one. Much the better side, you know, Chavi, I think... No, different Martin, different team. Yeah, much the Spanish team. era was... The Spanish, song, the Spanish side's on the flip side. Gone through some massive games. Congratulations for making here. You probably weren't expecting to make the semi-final anyway, right? Um... In the next minute, you then have to back up playing what, uh, what, two hundred and forty minutes of football. Yeah, and uh, penalties. Short space of time, penalties, the mental fatigue. For me, my confidence is because the Spain squad's not good. I think the Spain squad's good, but they're going to be that tired that eventually hold their nerve. They're going to score and they're going to be able to contain Spain, and it could be anywhere from one 0 to four 0 Yeah, Dom. Thoughts? Yeah, <sighs> I'm. Like I said, very nervous, but also very excited. I think we sh- should get it done. 
like, and this is this is a different Spain team from what we grew up with, and I think they're beatable. And I think they have a lot of convincing. Uh, Croatia, they shipped three. Uh, Switzerland, they played. Fulo got sent off in the 67th minute, and they had another 20, what's that, 20 plus 50 minutes at them with 10 men still couldn't score. I think their issues they're going to be they that Morata goals. Yeah, that's what Damon I mm. was saying. Whether it was the last. Yeah, he should, should be out the team. Moreno in the middle with Ferry and Torres. Going yeah, forward. but Moreno's. Yeah, yeah he's good, but yeah. You just said that goals was an issue mm. though. I know they scored five against Slovakia, yeah, but so. that's an already relegated Slovakia yeah. and a bit yeah. different. Making up the numbers. Yeah. Look. Yeah. So for, as a neutral, like I've backed. Backed Italy, and obviously I backed it against a different semi-final opponent. But there's no reason, from what I've seen uh, in this tournament so far, there's no reason for me not to to back them again um, because they've just controlled almost well, for pretty much every game they've been in, and Spain just haven't really had that same lethal cutting edge that Italy has. So for me, I'm pretty confident in saying that I think Italy will probably win this one two nil. Don't really see them conceding. Don't see Spain really um, pushing for a goal. And I think that Italian defence is on another level compared to the defences that Spain's played already. One thing yeah. I will say is this Euros has thrown up a lot of interesting results out of out of the blue. Like, you know, the Spain even the Spain's first time they got they got through was that against what Croatia? It was five three. Yeah, extra time. Up and yeah. saw that you would be thinking, what's going on here? We've seen the Swiss knock out France. I wouldn't rule out anything. I wouldn't rule out Spain. Hungary almost beat from. Germany. Yeah, like, this tournament's been wild. But if this plays true to the form of the tournament, Spain haven't played anyone really of quality. They've played two games that have gone extra time, one that's gone the pens. Uh, you would imagine all those factors mean Italy win this game comfortably. But we'll see. But look at who all those crazy results have come at the expense of. It's been teams that have had clouds of doubt over them already. That's true. You know, you're talking about... Germany, Croatia, Spain, France. you know, France, they've all had clouds of inconsistency or, or something in their build-up or there's just been something there. Group, group F is what group F goes, is what it is. The fact, yeah, fact you had to go for the mental stress of playing Germany, Portugal, Portugal, Germany, Portugal France, France or Hungary or any of that order. All of them didn't get past the first uh, knockout either. You, you want to know why. They're all gassed yeah. after playing those three games in a short space of time because they're just high-quality football. Blame the bloody Conference League that screwed Greece out of a spot, whatever it's called, yeah, yeah. Nations yeah. League. <laughs> because if it's a different sorting system for the groups, then there's no way those three sides ever see no. each other in the group. Maybe two, but not three. Um, and, I th- and we haven't spoken about that at all. And I feel like that contributed to some of the... The craziness um, that's going on. Issues. Yeah. Like, it's just a dumb way to sort it I, out. I understand why they've just, done it. It's to give meaning to those mindless friendlies that you friendlies. get. But at the same stage, you can't be having a group of F that looks like that, can you? You can't. Early in the tournament. And then... I understand... Because that's never happening. That's never happening for the ball. That's, yeah. that's the point. Look, the only thing that they would say, they would turn around and say Portugal should have done better in qualifying. And I, I do agree with that. Right? But, um... Yeah, but they knew they were through because they won the stupid... No, they won, they were through because they were the reigning champions. Oh, the reigning champions yeah. as well, sorry. Um, That's right. And then, who else like, nearly missed out and then went into a tough group? Uh, no, that was it. That was it? It was only Group F, really. That yeah. Was, yeah. But I, I agree. Look, the seeding needs to be looked at a little bit differently, but... But I think they want that. Players, they want a group of death because it, it's good I, for I feel like, marketing. in terms of for the neutral... And the football that we've had in the tournament, it's been it's been one of the best Euros. Well, at least the group stage. It, it's yeah, been it's been good to watch. But with the uh, third third place team going through anyway, it doesn't really matter. You don't need a group of death. Done. Yeah. I think I will say about well, the group we of do, death is, because if they get if they get battered into yeah, that can happen to anyone. That could have happened to Italy. It could have happened. Turkey. Yeah. Well, what happened to Turkey? What did happen to Turkey? Yeah, it did. That was disappointing. No. Yeah. So. Oh, Turkey. Turkey. All right. Turkey. So can't get over how bad they were. What score predictions? I've given mine. You guys. Are uh, oh, I said anywhere between one and four nil. I get off the fence and say three nil. Four nil. Jesus Christ! Is it Italy, Spain? Yeah. Jeez, I said. Right, I said in the group chat uh, with the soccer boys. I said one nil Italy. So I'll stick with that. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So a bit of difference here, a bit of variance with our scores, but we all have. Italy and you guys have Italy England I've got Italy Denmark so it's going to be interesting to see what happens with 
the semi-finals uh, over the next well, two months. I agree. I think this is where we definitely have to predict what will happen in the final and the third place playoff if, if in our fantasy world everything goes well, We're going to be recording before that happens. Uh, uh, are we going to record before the final? Those finals are until middle of this week. Is it? I thought it was on Sunday. No. Finals, Monday, mo- oh, finals next week. Monday morning. Oh. Next Monday morning. So we can record Sunday night. Well, we're all on holidays. Well, oh, yeah. Yeah. I'm not on holidays yeah. and Dom's not, but Paul's on holidays. Let's record over Sunday the night. We'll fi- we have the next we, one over the weekend. We'll, Sunday all day should be fine for me. So as long as we... Yeah, Sunday morning. Yeah, we'll, we'll get another episode up Sunday Yeah, morning. we'll get one out before the final, I think. And we, I know we said that for... One of the reality, yeah, that was it, and it didn't happen. Yeah, and Paul doesn't have work, so we should be all right. That's the difference, yeah. yeah. So, we'll get another episode out because, yeah, there's too, there's going to be too much to talk about from a semi final from now going into a final. I don't feel like that's the best decision to, yeah, comment on that. As yeah, we we'll see these games play Do out you know? as well, and yeah. Um, I think there's not much really yeah. else to really talk about or say about them either, yeah, like, I guess. We've no, kind of covered it. I know that it's only been um, half an hour of potting, but when there's only four games to speak about, a handful of games in the lead up, uh, you know, there's yeah. there's not much as well as to really cover. I feel like we've covered it. It's how you know, tournament works. Yeah. Exactly. It's not like a league. Yeah. Nah, that, that's the beauty of it, though. I've got one thing that I want to talk about before we move on to the questions yep. and it doesn't have to be for too long but just what are your initial thoughts on uh, Nuno going to Spurs? Um, I thought it was an interesting move it's one that I definitely thought was a better option for Spurs I, than I said that said to the boys at soccer Saturday I said they should have just done this from the start he was available there's a reason why they uh, didn't there's a reason why they didn't give you a reason Paul what was it? because at the time he was linked with Palace and Everton that's why. So he was initially, I've read, he was initially inquired, but because he was going ahead with those other clubs, Spurs backed off. So once we, once he became available, because Everton have Benitez and Palace have Vera, yeah. then that Nuno became available. Or maybe he then told those clubs no, and there's been some work on the side with Spurs. I think it's, it's also a little bit of Spurs realised they couldn't get yes. anyone of quality that Bigger. next level up. And then they went yeah, to Nuno. I agree. Um, and look, his early work of what he did at Spurs was amazing. And this, uh, Spurs, Wolves. Um, oh, I was a big fan when they first come up and get promoted. Yeah, oh yeah, I'm real. Um, yeah, maybe they haven't had the best of year this season going. Yeah, but that happens uh, to those storm. teams. But that's what happens. And I yeah. think he, he has created a platform for Wolves to stay in the Premier League for quite a number of years. I was very disappointed like, when they got rid of him. Oh yeah, same here. I thought it was a little bit like... I thought it was bang out of order. Nah, out of I order. Believe it. But look, I think it's a good job for Nuno, and I hope he does well. He's a likable manager, and I think he's very switched on tactically. Plays good yeah, football. I think it will suit. Uh, it's probably not the exactly the one Spurs fans probably wanted, but I would then say to him, who else do you think was going to, you know, come in? What it probably means is that Harry Kane will look at that and go, "Oh, Nuno, Wolves coach, I'm going to leave. Thanks." I think he's gone regardless. Yeah, but. Yeah. The only way I think Harry Kane would have stayed is that someone took Poch to come back from PSG, and that was never happening. So, yeah. So, look, I think it's just going to be an interesting one to see how it plays out, um, and we'll probably talk about the league more. So yeah, well, when we are well, a little bit closer. Well, we will confirm that I think we are going to do a podcast where we will do a fantasy draft for the boys in the Discord. So. If you aren't in the Discord, links down below, the PG Sports Podcast will be hosting a fantasy football draft. Me and Paul will be doing the draft live on the podcast, talking about people's picks and the teams and where the people's picks have come from in per teams and all that. Dom, I would like to have you on that podcast, by the way, to putting that out. For what fantasy, fo- what fantasy football? Uh, Premier League. Oh, I think NFL. I have no, no idea no, about no. that. Yeah. No. Yeah, right. <laughs> I didn't know about that, but yeah. I just, okay. thought, I just thought that because we've been Paul talked about it a lot on our Twitch chats and it hasn't really been talked about this good because we've been talking about it in person because me and Paul have been dual streaming. Um, if you are listening and you're not part of this good, links down below. It's not meant to be a plug per se because I really do think that this good is just quality. But, um, you know, if you want to be part of that, you want to take us on and you think we talk absolute rubbish and you think you're, you're much better, you know, at predicting what's going to go on in world football, 100% invite you to come in and try your luck at beating me and Paul and fantasy Premier League in a draft format. You know, we draft them out and yeah. see how good we all go. So, in the lead up, what will happen is I will put a code in the Discord yep. 
for you guys to join the week prior to us recording that episode. So you have a week to listen to whichever episode it yeah. is, get the code. It should be in the next few weeks because it allows us then to go, okay, Premier League's coming, then we can talk about transfers and transfer talk about who you yeah. might bring in as a free agent into your fantasy Premier League side as well as a new transfer. May ever have to beat everybody else. Um, and I yeah. think it's also a nice way to say to people to get into Discord. And we will obviously put out a normal fantasy Premier League one that you can join as well, where you can all pick your Classic. own teams as well. Head yeah, but um, I feel like the draft yeah. would be a good aspect. Uh, but let's get into the yeah, let's get into the questions. I do have one pool that I wouldn't mind us starting with, but if you want to run chronological, I don't mind. Um, nah, start with yours. It does. Um, so for me, it's there in the run sheet. Um, I oh, yeah, yeah. You, you know which question I'm going to ask. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So we've spoken a little bit. About yeah, but we barely, we barely talked about it on the pod. We've yeah, mentioned it on the we pod, scratched it. but I want to really yeah. dive into this just a little bit because I think it's absolutely massive for Australian football. How do you think yeah, Ange is going to fare at Celtic? Because I've seen a lot of Celtic fans kick up fuss. I'll I've go on a limb. Celtic, uh, I've seen Celtic fans say it's a good thing. I've seen a lot of people over in the UK that in the forums I'm part of and Facebook groups absolutely slate it. And I've actually seen some people that understand a bit of football that maybe were based in Australia and moved over into the UK and these forums go, hang on a second, guys. World-class manager coming in. I want to, A, firstly, I know we're Australian. We're probably going to be backing Ange in here. I want to know, firstly, Paul, do you think he's good enough for the job? Secondly, what about the football that he's going to bring? Because we've seen the football for a number of years. Um, and then, obviously, Dom, I want your input too. And then probably a prediction for maybe his first season. Um. Yeah, I think this is a great signing. I think there's two reasons why there's some hesitancy with the fans over in England. Number one, because he wasn't the established first choice. I think that does play a part. So obviously Eddie Howe was was linked very heavily to that job, and for you know for Eddie's sake, it didn't happen, which happens. Um, But you know, end of the day, they got to move on. They got to find somebody else, which they've done. And then for me, the type of football, he is going to be so possession dominant with a team like Celtic. Whatever shape he goes with, it doesn't it's matter. It's going to be a 4-3-3 normally. normally he's going to, yeah. yeah. He'll be a 4-3-3, variant, whatever he wants, whoever he's got. But he will just suck the life out of all those teams by just keeping the ball, getting the... You know, if Odson Edwards stays, which I hope he does... He will bang in goals for fun because the the work around him will be so meticulous that he will just have so much space to play into. I think for the league, it's great because you've got a manager of lots of experience in Ange going against Gerrard, who's just won the league and knocked Celtic off for the first time in nine years. So I think the narrative is great great, um, for the Scottish League. And I just think... Ange hasn't got the profile in Europe because all his work's been in Asia. So if you are sceptical about what Ange has done, please go and look at what he did. Not just at Melbourne Victory and Brisbane Raw and Australia. Japan. Look at what he did at Yokohama. I can't can't stress that point enough. What he did at Yokohama should be highlighted big time. Yeah, because they weren't a powerhouse and he turned them around um, and just played some great football at the same time. So definitely... A massive positive for Celtic and a huge positive for, for Ange. Um, for Australian football, it's huge. Hopefully, you know, it sounds a bit biased, but hopefully he can take some guys, some kids over there with him, even just get them involved, get them playing in Europe, build build that brand, but just build that experience for some of these kids. Change the face of... Between Australian football yeah, change the face of... Club. I, think change, I think there's a real big problem with Australian footballers now. They're... The young players that just take the easy way out, play A League, make a few hundred grand a year, and just cruise. They never don't challenge themselves and yeah, go overseas. Don't see an Australian kid at sixteen going like Harry Kiel did, Kiel Baduka, Schwarzer, Vinnie Grella. That's the last like breed of player that did. And then look at the 06 World Cup team that made it out of the group, and look at the players and where and they were playing. Play uh, you now look at the Australian squad now, and like we obviously had Australia group got called, and we got Japan. And we got, uh, what was it? Japan, uh, Iran, and, jeez. Uh, Saudi Arabia. World Cup quali- yeah. That's not an easy group. You no. Know, group A is, group this A is, is w- walk in the park. Group without B a doubt. Group death. Without a doubt, the worst Australian team I've seen ever. On paper, yep. Yep. I agree. 
Yeah. If, it, if it's seen... not Ava Mobile who's at Midland pulling strings, we who, have, who is? Who do you have playing consistently in a top 10 league? Uh, I, will, I will say Ava Mobile because I think the Danish league is in the top 10 leagues. No, nah, I wouldn't call that. Ugh. Playing Champions yeah. League. I would say that the Danish league is like. Yeah, but he's not even been starting. Say that on football manager, it starts 12, so maybe not. No, I wouldn't call it a top 10 league. Sorry, Dan. It's close. It's right on the cut. Top 15. Yeah. yeah. The fact that I have the clutch of a straw, The fact that we're talking about scraping a Danish league in 10 league as an Australian player says yeah, it all that's, about. That's, that's, that's the problem with the squad, right? Yeah. Um, when we had guys like Lucas Neal, Tim Cahill, Kielberg, Bresciano, Syria, yeah. Vinny Grella, Vinny Grella, Schwarzer, Emerton, Blackburn. You know, you're talking about half that squad. No, the whole squad. England. That whole squad that went to 06. The whole squad from 06 was playing top five leagues. Yeah, which was... Yeah. We, we haven't even done a podcast on this yet, have we? No, not really. Um, and it might be one that we do after the US. Sport in this country years. is going nowhere fast if things don't change. Oh, look, we, yeah, we, could, we could do a whole podcast on just Australian sport in general. And I'll, I'll go on a limb. Uh, Andrew will be a Premier League coach in the next five years. Um, I reckon that is a very good statement because for me, I was talking about it at coaching with a couple of coaches that have coached at a very high level um, down at one of the jobs that I do have here in Adelaide and they were under the opinion that this should be a cakewalk into the prem. Yes. They're not saying that it's a cakewalk making it easy in terms of Ange has a job. They're saying that if Ange does well, every Premier League club will go, next manager, who do you need? They'll look at Gerrard. Obviously, they'll look at Gerrard. Gerrard just wins yeah. one league. I know he's got the name behind him, but... So every every club in terms of coaching, he's not. He's not. Oh uh, look, I think yeah, Gerard's a lot more ahead of the curve than what Frank Lampard was, but I think that's yeah. more because Gerard, as a player getting a bit older, made sure that he was learning off Brendan yeah. Rodgers at the time. Um, you know, he's been in contact with like every day apparently with Klopp, um, just to get pick his brain. Gerard will coach Liverpool one day. Yeah, yeah, oh yeah. I, I think every Liverpool fan knows that that's the case, and we would love Jurgen to probably be here for the next forty years. But on my FM stuff, no. I'm in season nineteen. Jurgen's been at the club for nineteen years. That ain't, ain't going to happen in real life. Jurgen's the type of guy that will probably win one or two more, um, you know, Prems and try and win another Champions League or whatever, and then probably go. I'm gonna mm, I think if he doesn't win the league or Champions League in two three years, I think he's done, Jurgen. Yeah, he will just retire. If it's not the journey, you don't want you don't want to go retract to what you used to be. Yeah, no, you know, mediocrity. I think you, that, and that's where Gerard then will probably take the Liverpool job. I only worry is that he's going to go straight from Rangers to Liverpool. Um, I don't like and that. I don't like that. I would like Gerard to get a job. Vieira is doing the right way. From the Celtic question, but I guess when you talk about Celtic, you have to talk about Rangers. I like how Vieira's done it. Yeah, exactly. Same here. I would love Gerard to go maybe take over a Premier League club that maybe is struggling. Or, and you, you know, mark my words. Right Wolves. You mark my words. Vieira will coach Arsenal. Vieira to coach Arsenal, yeah. He has done it perfectly. I think he has too. He's got managed good experience. Yeah, waiting for Arteta to get the chop. No, nah, starting what MLS, then what French League, mid mid table Premier good League experience. Yeah, done it I feel perfectly. Like Gerard lacks that middle job, that middle ground. I'm not saying that Rangers is the like MLS level. I'm just saying that Gerard had probably a bit more knowledge than what Lampard did going straight. Yeah, okay, yeah, Lampard did the completely yeah. wrong thing. L- L- Lampard, I think, was just way too early in his career. You know, he did an okay job at Derby. Right, but yeah. what? How long was he there for? A year? Yeah. A year. Yeah. Right. What, did they, what did they expect then? Right. Yeah. And then didn't, you know, made a playoff semi final. Yeah. So, yeah, and lost. yeah, all the hype of that. Got yeah, everything that, everything about that was but, wrong. Um, yeah. And I think if you talk about if you talk about Gerard, I feel like he's got common middle ground. But it needs another job before he gets a Liverpool job, and let's hope Jurgen sticks around long enough for that to happen. And I think Jurgen knows that's the game plan too, as well. By the way, at Liverpool, and then I think what Vieira's done is absolutely excellent. And for me, that should show Ange exactly what he has to do. He he's been to Australia. It's a different pathway here, but he's managed a couple of teams in Australia at an elite level. Then man taking the Australian job because well, look, we love an Australian manager coach in Australia. Um, and then he's gone to Yokohama, and he's been absolutely he's incredible. He's, yes, that's the thing. Yeah. And well, the Asian Cup win, one the Asian Cup win, that Brisbane, that, that Brisbane Raw team, Brisbane oh, no, Raw team, changed the game. Raw. For me, it's the Asian Cup win. The fact that that yeah. Australia in Australia with a, with a squad that I didn't think was good enough to win the Asian Cup, I thought we could go deep but not win it against the prime South Korea. In the yeah, and like time. just poor oh. son playing at Labor. We were at a, we were at a, we were at a house party for that, weren't we? I swear we were, Paul. 
for the no, final. I, I flew back. I flew back from the river, listened to the first half on the radio, and watched it at home by myself. I reckon I was at a. a I reckon I'm going to throw a name out here. And Tony Kufadakis, you ever listen to, listen to this? How are you, mate? No, it's 2015. Man. I reckon I was at a Tony Kufadakis house party. I can tell you right this now. Is January 15. Yeah, no, but the thing this is, January it was, it was, it, second year it was a party that was thrown by his brothers and we went there to be nah. with Tony, I reckon. I, I remember I watching it. that, because that came in the extra time, didn't it not? And we won? Yeah. Yeah, I reckon I was yeah. there, definitely Tony Cooper Dark was watching that. Like, kind of sad if you were. Yeah, I know, that was sad little... <laughs> I'd rather watch it at oh, home. Oh yeah, same here, I'd rather, I'd rather watch it at home. But um, <laughs> if any of the boys who listened to this that were there that night, just... Jog my memory. I'm pretty sure I watched it there, of all places. That's why I asked Paul. All right, we've got some questions to But go yeah, through. I think Andrew will do a good job. All right, all right first question to come in from Dim. Yep. Rate PSG transfer window so far. So he's talking about Donnarumma, Genie Monadam, Sergio Ramos, Unreal. and the potential of... No, it's done. Hakimi's done. Done deal. He flew out. He flew done out, yeah. All right, well, what do we think, uh, best win. Because I said it today on stream. And I said, that is them going full. We want Champions League. This I think they're, they're copying Chelsea here with the Ramos move and the Thiago Silva. Yeah, they are, definitely. Yeah, but I think that's just quality. They're strengthening in areas that they clearly were lacking in last season. And for me, it was that sort of midfield area. Um, and then, you know, another goalkeeper makes sense. Another centre-back makes sense. And then a full-back, which they've never really had... Um, other than Danny Alves, they've never really had fullbacks that have gone and really dominated. Um, I mean, Mounier had a couple of years where he was solid. Nice. But he was, he was, he yeah, but Mounier. just solid, though. Yeah, he was serviceable. He wasn't amazing. Uh, they've never. Had, I feel like they've never had a left-back that's just gone and dominated, you know, like a Marcelo or someone who's just been very creative. They've had, like, Bernat and, you know, Kazawa, like, serviceable guys that get the job done, but nothing crazy. So I feel like even if Hakimi plays on the left and they get another right back or vice versa, it doesn't really matter. Florenzi's gone back to okay, Rome. I know that. Okay, so this is a real statement for me from PSG, this window, because they would be so embarrassed of not winning the league. Oh, yeah, um, that, the, they've the, gone mental. I day. think so far it's the best window by anybody, but I, the window is nowhere near being over. Um, big news apparently about um, about the Donnarumma uh, signing that apparently he's coming in to be number two. Yeah, I read that. Can't believe read that. that. Um, I like that there's competition. I like that there's competition too. But how can you say that? Uh, how can you say that Donnarumma's agent? Nah. Oh, he's coming in to be number two, and Donnarumma's agent's gone. Yeah, because he's going from Milan to PSG, uh, so the pay bracket's going to be nice and big and chunky. Uh, silly. Oh yeah. He probably got the world's best keeper going in to be nah. a number two. He's going to be there for bloody 10 years. Yeah, he's only 21. He's only 21. Yeah. But um, look, I, mean? I think... Navas has deserved his I think Genie's still. done something really smart. I feel like going to Barcelona at the moment is a bit up Oh, there, Genie but... done something smart for his bank account. They doubled his wages that he was going to get oh, at yeah. Barca. Oh, yeah. But That's would so you cool. want to go to Barca at the minute, Dom? Well, if it's a dream... The option of PSG and Barca. Yeah. I don't think it's Genie's Obviously, dream. he would have gone. He would have achieved his dream. Is Coman still the coach there? Yeah, he is. But the actual state of Barcelona with Messi as a free agent and what's going on there? Direction. We've heard nothing about. Uh, he's, he'll sign. He'll sign. Aguero is there. Wait till after the Copa Aguero is there. He'll sign. Yeah. So I think we're all in um, agreement. Oh, the oh, so far for Unreal. And if they start one of the favourites of the Champions League this season, they're never going to be one of the favourites of the Champions League. So yeah. Yeah, I like that. So next from Dim, we'll keep it Dim yeah. thing. Um, if you were Nuno, who would be on your shortlist for the rebuild for Spurs? Depends what he thinks he needs, though. Mm. Um, he need a strong well, he I will think need a strong Kane's going to go. Um, does that mean he wants to give someone a young... young that gives him funds. There. It gives him funds to work with. Troy Parrott. Yeah, does Troy Parrott make the step? <laughs> nah. I think it's a bit early Look, for that. I, I, I think we need to wait before we comment on what Spurs need because we, we, we're going to need to see what they've got left because it wouldn't surprise me if there are a few people exiting. You know, like maybe even like a Lucas Moura it wouldn't surprise me if he goes. And you know, I wouldn't mind waiting maybe another week or so just to see after all these tournaments and things. Maybe a midfielder. Apparently, they're like, linked to like Weston McKinney from. Uh, no, nah, he signed. He just signed. He was on loan. Yeah. Yeah, he still went through. 
because that's what that. I think I think we need to sit and wait for Spurs. They definitely need it's new a defenders. Little bit Their defense, whatever. But yeah, wouldn't surprise me if Connor Cody goes there. Yeah, I said that. I said that somewhere. Yeah, Apparently, they're after Harris Seferovic. Seferovic. Yeah, that's the one. Oh, yeah, yeah if, if Kane leaves, which I think Kane will from Benfica. Scored a few goals. Scored a very good I'm goal just, against I'm just, I'm, just a, I'm just having a look what's been reported like recently for Spurs transfers. Oh, yeah. But um, I think it's one that we have to really talk about like later, later, later. Yeah. Once they look, you know. Yeah, once they actually make a move for some players and go, oh, is that good? Is that not what they need? But... At the minute, you know, I'm still like, I'm still waiting for like my Sky Sports to load up and see what they think is going to go on. But um, yeah, yeah they, no, they reckon. I think it's one of those ones. Apparently, they're they're just, apparently according to Fabrizio, that their main goal of this window is to actually keep Harry Kane. Nothing's gone. No chance. Uh, Goals. Oh, oh, they're after uh, what's his name from Bologna, right back, centre back, Japanese. Oh, I think it's done. I think it's done. We're just about yeah. done. No, no, as far as I'm concerned, they rejected 15.5 million Bologna for him. Never seen him play. Could be. A... Only ever seen him on FM and he grows like an absolute yeah, tank. Yeah, same here. So, we'll back FM there because they don't normally get... No, oh, look, they, so. they barely do. <laughs> like, they predicted Yuri Killam's being this good and they predicted a lot of things to be this good. Tiago um, Amada's going to be next massive. Yeah, he, he will be. He's Can't wait to watch him at the Olympics. Oh, yeah, he's going to kill us. Yeah, that's going to be funny. Um, next question then. So, this is for all of us. Who are, or who's your favourite ever footballer? And then, who's your favourite current footballer? Who wants to have this uh, so Let's go Dom first, because I need to think. Nah, go Paul first. Paul's easier. All right. My favourite current player... Oh, we know this. ...is Sadio. Yeah, give me that. Um, give me a reason. He's... I don't know, it's just X Factor, like X Factor. Like, we love watching players with X Factor. He's raw, he's just quick, he's explosive. Um, he just, he's not, he's not polished. I think that's what I like about him. It's a bit rough, you know, like the way he runs, he's just powerful. So I think that just sort of grabs my attention. Where Salah's nippy and he's nimble and he's agile. Technically, and he's technically more gifted. Yeah. Yeah, Salah's elegant, where Mane's rough and just, it's, I'm going to just run through you and that's why I really love him so that's Sadio's my current player I'm going to change the question slightly yeah go ahead I'm going to change it from favourite ever footballer to favourite past player from our club Gerard for anyone that knows me nah he's not a, he's an ever footballer for me I have Luis Suarez on a high yeah, level yeah uh, because I I was older yeah. when Suarez was in his prime. We were able to really appreciate like what he did. And he came in for 20 mil and started scoring 30 goals a season and was just... Oh, he nearly won us a league nearly single-handed. I think about the goals he scored against West Brom, the header from the edge of the box, bloody from oh, the, the, ha- the, the, the half volley against the, Norwich, Norwich with no backswing. Yeah. yeah. Oh. Well, even just any of those like half... Halfway you know, goal, shots yeah. The goals from halfway against Norwich, you know, like it's just or the goal against Newcastle where it's a huge long ball, he brings it down off his chest onto his shoelace and dribbles the keeper. Like who does that? Like he oh, just, it was a very exciting time with his fan. I would put him up there for me as well. And then for everyone that does know me, Sturridge was I actually got a Guernsey with Sturridge on it as well in that period. So for me though, that that combination, that partnership, like I can't split them. Like, like Sturridge again was. His left foot, he just didn't know what the hell he was going to do. Outside the foot, inside the foot. Good player, places, he's too. Just unplayable. So for me, it's that combination of Suarez and Sturridge. That's I can't split them. They're just unplayable. SAS. Yeah, off you go, Dom. Yeah. Uh, current, probably Kante, for everybody knows me. Yeah. Um, he's more of a meme, but loving Mason Mount at the moment. Yeah. I think it's hard not to say a player from your club. It has to be a player from your club, doesn't it? It kind of has, has to be. to be. Um, but growing up, uh, I loved Ian Robin. Yeah. But right. for those who really know me, all-time favourite player. Paul, who is it? Favourite, favourite player all-time for me. Yeah. Yours. Bale. Oh, yeah, yeah, it was soccer. Hazard. It's, no, it's Hazard. You've got a yeah, though, always fucked it. It's always that, yeah. Uh, yeah. 
You could you could have gone with Zola. Yeah, Zola as a kid, Zola. I like watching Zola. Yeah. I think if I had yeah. to pick one, heavy would because growing up, I'm oh, not growing up, like at an age where I could actually appreciate the game. Yeah, I feel like in your team. And how much it did for us. Yeah, so it's going to be Eden. All right. Um, This one's a bit interesting because I could go about this in a couple of ways. I can go about it just boys from the club. I can go about probably. Do do a current player and your all-time. Do a current player, all-time favourite. Because I've done a heap of research. Now, I'm a goalkeeper coach, a goalkeeper, and I'm actually trying to come out of retirement to play again. Yes, I'm retired at 25. Shush. Um, You actually retired at 19. Yeah, that's true too. Um, I think current all-time player that I love the most is probably oh, it's tough. I really do just give Jordan Henderson so much. Yeah, I love him, and I've been on his bag wagon since day one. I've always said that he's going to be an absolute success for Liverpool Football Club. Um, and I just as a coach, he's the sort of guy that I just wish you had in your team every time. Put him in. He's going to sit in the six. He's going to distribute. Going to be able to keep the game ticking over. Win the ball back. But also, if he needs to get into the box to surge late, he will. For me as a coach, I love it, and I love watching him play. Uh, which I know is a bit weird picking a... Kante like, is a bit more of a flashy DM because he wins the ball back. He's everywhere. Jordan Henderson is just your typical, I'm going to just do my role. And for me, as much as that sounds boring, I love it. Um, I think then, if we go by five ever footballer, it's tough. It would have to be Gerard for obvious reasons. Um, but I think it has to be a player from a club, like... For me, I'm going to actually go with a couple of players here. Um, so, unlike probably Paul and Dom, I spend most of my free time actually watching like old school soccer documentaries, old school soccer videos. I've got the World Cup one if we go forward to 2002. Um, and for me, it's got to be a goalkeeper. Um, I've watched that many keeper videos. Um, I'm going to throw some names out there that people may not know. But um, for me, I think it's a toss-up favourite ever footballer to watch. Um, Neville Southall, who actually played for Everton, unreal keeper, probably one of the best Premier League keepers of all time. Peter Schmeichel, as much as that pains me because at Man United, some things he used to do in goal was yeah, unreal. Um, and then I'm actually going to go, which I think was my favourite to ever watch. Can I say really it? Really good videos of Dino's off. Ah, fuck, I was actually going to say him. Freaking hell, I was going to say him. No, 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 no. See, there's not enough good quality footage of Leviashin. The things Dino's off <laughs> did, and the fact he won a yeah, World yeah. Cup yeah. in Nottingham in the 40s. Right? Was Arsenal Tom, you shush. The fact he wears a cap on FIFA shows he's the goat, right? That's exactly Russell's this if Russell is into this. That's if a Russell the cap gives him if Russell gets an hour in I want him to message. Yeah, Russell, if you you're listening to this message us about the cap giving him superpowers. I want I can't wait for that message. That's an inside joke, Dave. I can't wait for that I know I know the joke. I know the joke. Oh, uh, but um, continue. Uh, but yeah, uh, for me, I have to probably go an old school keeper that I've watched a lot of time of, and there's so much good footage of Dino's off. I've watched the documentary of the 1982 team. I've watched documentaries on that. That's not Brad Friedel. Brad Friedel was a good little player. <laughs> He's a goat. But um, in all seriousness, his commentary against Liverpool. That was horrendous. But yeah, all seriousness. <laughs> Um, outside of Gerrard, which is the obvious, it's going to be Dino's off. The type of Neville Southall who played for Everton. So there you go. I've got one like honourable mention that Dom might be able to pick. I'd be surprised if he doesn't. This is someone that has absolutely no connection to any club or country that I have, but it was a midfielder that I tried to like model my game around at one point. Oh my god! Who I've just had an affiliation with because he's Tony Cruz. I absolutely love Tony Cruz. Even when he was at Bayern when that stupid number 39. I used to love Tony Cruz because he could just do everything with the ball at his feet. Pass it left foot, right foot, shoot left foot, right foot, up and down. Unbelievable. So if anyone is an aspiring central midfielder, please go and watch videos of Tony Cruz at Bayern Munich because most of you guys are probably too young and don't even realise that he played at Bayern. Watch him at Bayern because he was underappreciated. Amazing. Have we got here? We've got a question from Dom about Liverpool's lack of transfer market activity. Doesn't bother me. I'm not bothered by it just yet because a lot of the players that we'd be looking at are probably away with their national teams. Um, we're not a team that normally get it done too early. I know recently we have, but historically we're not. 
I don't think we need a whole lot because our team was so decimated by injuries. That's the big one for me. And I'm just going to chirp in because I've talked a lot in the last question. That, that That's the only thing I'm going to say. I don't think we need anyone because we've got all the injuries. All the injuries coming back in, they're basically signings done. Yeah. I think if we sell somebody, then we'll sign someone to replace them. Yeah. And we might have to pay overs a little bit. But that's sort of where I'm sitting at the moment. I'd like us to bring in another attacker um, just to liven things up a bit and... We saw the impact Jota had last year. Anyone so you would want, Paul, based on the Euros, uh, who you'd want mm-hmm. to take. Because to me, the Euros Shakiri had makes you think that you've got that. But, the yeah, I, I, yeah but he needs game time. That's the thing. Yeah. And the thing is, when he gets game time, he's so unreal. He's he a different player, though, when he plays for Switzerland. Yeah, especially at tournament. He knows it's all about him. Yeah, he's done a job. Yeah, that's the thing. He, every time he plays for us, he looks good. I actually like him when he plays a bit deeper. I wouldn't sell him. Yeah, I wouldn't either. Yeah. I feel like there's actually a guy on that Swiss team that I wouldn't mind us taking a punt on. Uh, as a super sub, as a super sub, just have a think. Yeah, I yeah, think he's strong. I think he won't come. Will he come as a super sub? For a, yeah, you know, some, players, some players don't want to. For a team like yeah, maybe. Yeah. I think he's just he's a sort of sort of guy. He'd give us a change of yeah. Pace. He was a sort of guy that fits kind of what we need. He's a bit of a bigger striker, but he's powerful he's and he's quick. And he's explosive, and when you can get the money for Divock, you're probably going to get him Bodo for less than what you're going to sell Divock for. It's just good business. Yeah, I like that. I, 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 I really uh, impressed. Every time I watch a Bolo play, I really am impressed by him as well. I wouldn't mind going after Doku. He oh, yeah, good. Well, he's going to play that. He's that's a sign for he's coming in to play first team football most weeks. Uh, he's too good to leave out. He would just be part of the rotation, though. Could you imagine? He's signing be. one of them. We should have five guys. Huge for us. We should have five guys that can play in the front three and rotate through them because that's just smart management at that point. Yeah. Salah's the only one who you could almost argue can only play one side, but then he can play through the middle too. Yeah. So I think just different opposition, you start different combinations of that front five and you bring Doku, Jota, Salah, Mane, Firmino, and I think that's a bloody good front yeah. five. I don't, I don't think we really need him. much. I don't think we really need centre mid. We've kind of got nah. that. Uh, I don't really think. Maybe a 10. Uh, I wouldn't mind us bringing Yeah, one a 10. Like, I wouldn't mind us bringing another. Well, we've lost Genie. I wouldn't mind us replacing Genie properly. Well, would you go with another box-to-box sort of sort of player like Genie is? Would you go with a bit more creative? Because I feel like we've got a lot of guys that can go box-to-box and be like Genie. But Genie did have that moment of picking the lock, and I feel like we could go for a player like that. But I also am going to say, in that case then, I think Shakiri back of line can do that too. Yeah, I don't mind that. I think we've got to lose Ox. I think that experiment's over. I just think it, it, yeah. Ox before the ACL was banging on the door to be starting every game, and yeah. then that ACL just killed him. I think, you know, he's someone that could just go back to Southampton now and just play week in, week out kind of thing. Like I just I think if think he did that this year on fantasy football, if that happened right now, he'd be in my fantasy football straight away. But yeah. yeah. I think, yeah, no need to panic. I think we do need another midfielder, so I think... You're looking at Fabinho, Thiago, Henderson, you're starting three, and that's just going to be what it is. You get another year out of James Milner, who just keeps kicking on. Maybe Shakiri drops a line, Curtis Jones goes through there, and then I'm starting to scratch my head on midfielders. Yeah. I think Naby Keita probably goes, and then if he goes as well, another one probably in. do need one yeah, um, yeah. And I've got no idea. I'd love Yuri Tillman. Oh, yeah, but that's but not happening. We never know. They're not playing Champions League. I don't think there's been any mention of us going after him. Perfect, but I'll take him too. Yeah, but it's been little murmurs. I'll take him. I would take him in a heartbeat. But yeah. look, um, there, there's one point. guy that keeps getting linked to us every bloody transfer window. It never happens and it's never going to happen. But And it's a question that I've always get asked in my Twitch chat, Paul. Do you take, do you take Coutinho back at any point? No, he's done. I he won't. I think he's gone. His career's dusted. Arsenal can have him. Made a mistake, that boy. Oh, nice. By the way, I completely support no, the decision because it's his boy. It's the boy club that he goes for. He wants to go to Barca, but he made a mistake. But it allowed us to change system too, though. It was a win. Yeah, it was. was for us, it was great. Great money, fleece Barcelona, and that was it. It allowed us to go four three yeah. three. Anyway, one more question. Bit of breaking news: Leeds United just signed Junior Firpo. Who? Not bad. Left from Barcelona. Barcelona. You lagged on who? I don't mind that. He'll play in a three. Very aggressive. Mm. Alioski's left. Don't play on the left side. Oh, Junior Firpo. He's good on FM. 
He's good in real life, yeah. too. He plays with He's good in him. FM. He's I've played capable. against him on FM yeah. a lot. So, yeah. He'll play on the left-hand side. Speaking of, of FM, um, Wolves have signed Trincao on loan. That's a good signing. That's, That's, That's a great... From Monaco? I think he's the... Uh, Monaco? No, the Barcelona guy. Barcelona loony. Oh, sorry. He's, he's had my mess save last year, Paul. I celebrated when I got him on the first. <laughs> yeah, I remember yeah. that. So, we've got one more question to go. We're going to shift into footy. I'm not going to talk about the results from the weekend, but it is a relevant question to what's been happening. Um, is it over for yes. Richmond? Yes. I think we spoke about this um, earlier in the season, and I did say, don't be surprised if the wheels fall off because they've played at such a high level for so long. Yeah, bodies pack up. And they haven't, other than Tom Lynch, Dom, you might be able to tell me out here, they haven't really brought anyone into that team. Like, they've lost a couple guys, they've brought some kids through, but they haven't brought any other experience in lately. Nah. No, because they're kind of stuck with their guns, yeah. For four years. Yeah, but look, it happens. Teams go in AFL. Teams go through cycles because you can only do so much with what you've yeah. got, and then you got to try get draft picks or you got to trade them away for for free 100%. agents. And Hawthorne for me have been the best side that have been able to stay. Oh, and Sydney, to be fair, have been able to recycle draft picks into free agents. There was news out of Hawthorne today, apparently. Success. Oh, yeah, I saw that. There was what? Yeah, Mitchell apparently is going to take over. Twenty twenty three. Twenty three. Oh, the handover yeah. period. Yeah, I saw that. I like that because he's done an apprenticeship at West Coast. As yeah, well. yeah, it's not bad. Um, so I think it was more expected than any other time with Richmond and maybe if they can sneak into the eight, then they can put a month together. But Yes, yeah, the thing. If they make yeah. the eight, all of a sudden those older bodies go, hang on, we're in the finals again, let's go. But Yeah, you wouldn't want to play them. No, nah, I, th- I think it's all over for them. And look, what a dynasty it was. Um, I think we said it that this could be their last dance, but unlike the Bulls, we were just still quality. The, the Richmonds just dipped. And yeah, well, it's just... It's a more physically demanding sport as well, I think, and the body's just breaking down. Yeah. And they're relying on kids that aren't as good because they have had to pay so much money to, you know... Keep big, their big, big guys in, yeah. They've lost, they've lost some of that fringe talent that they had, that you know, Ellis and um, Dan Butler, who were playing well for other clubs now because they couldn't afford to keep them. And that's just part and parcel of the AFL. That's it's how salary cap sports work. And it's how they want them to work. Yeah, that's... Well... We could have a little debate about this quickly. It's, it works well in the AFL, but it doesn't work well. Oh, don't get me started. Don't AFL. get me started. Oh, I hate A-League. We could talk about nah, this. Don't even. Hours, we end, end it here. Yeah, we're gonna do Australian a, football podcast. We're going to do a podcast. Yeah, we will do Eventually. that. In the, For now, the don't annoy me before bed. There's so much wrong. <laughs> Any final comments, boys? Or be ready? Wrap it up. Good episode. Wrap it up or I'll get, I'll get annoyed it. and start talking about A-League. So, yeah. Wrap it up. All right. So, Thank you guys for listening to episode 16 of the PD Sports Podcast. Hopefully you have enjoyed it. Remember the link to the Discord is in the uh, description of this episode, whether you're listening on Apple Podcasts or on Spotify. The links are there. Remember, as Damo said before, we will be doing a um, Premier League draft uh, fantasy, so make sure you do jump in the podcast uh, Discord. So you don't miss out on getting the code for that one. Boys, do you want to sign off before I wrap it up? Let's go, Italy. Forza. There we go. All right, so once again, thank you for having a listen to us. Make sure you leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and through Spotify. And we'll see you later in the week for our final preview of the Euros. Thanks, guys.